Welcome to the Renal Diet Headquarters podcast with your host, Mathia Ford, CEO of Renal Diet Headquarters. This is our weekly talk about how you can succeed with a kidney diet. Brought to you by RenalDietHQ.com, a website whose mission is to be the most valued resource on kidney disease that people can use to improve their health. Hello and welcome to the Renal Diet Headquarters podcast. This is podcast number 34. And I'm your host, Mathia Ford. I'm the CEO of Renal Diet Headquarters. And I'm here to talk with you again about the things that are important to people with kidney failure. You can find all the notes and the information that I talk about at www.renaldiethq.com forward slash 034. So you'll find the um, transcript and everything else at that link. Okay, last week we talked about making healthier meals at home and creating a good grocery list. That way you have a healthier set of foods to start with. So we also talked about making a casserole from scratch and I gave you my recipe and some different options and um, that can be a great fallback meal for you. So if you have some of those items we talked about with the grocery list, you can use them to make your casserole and you'll be good. Um, This week we're talking about cleaning out your kitchen or pantry cupboards, what types of foods you should keep and for how long. It's important to do some good, you know, spring or fall cleaning to make sure you aren't keeping food past its prime. Spices especially can get kind of yucky after six months to a year. They can go bad or, or not go bad, but just not have as much flavor. And um, I'm going to talk to you about also about making good snacks to take along with you to dialysis or other trips that you may go on so you have something healthy there with you. So that's what this week's um, podcast is going to be about. So let's get started. Have you ever looked at the foods in your cupboard and thought, I wonder when I got that? And then you take out the package and looked at the date only to realize it was a couple years ago that it went bad. That's never happened to me. Okay, well, maybe once or twice, like maybe once or twice a year. Um, But I'm going to go over some main foods to look at and how long to keep them. But it's really important that you kind of keep your food organized and and make sure that you're not using things that are already um, past their expiration date especially if they're a couple years past their expiration date. Um, So in your cupboard, you want to look at um, some items that you can really process, you know, make sure that they're not being used after their prime. Um, These times that I'm going to mention to you are generally for maintaining the best food quality and a range of times, you know, could be given to talk about the age of the product when it's purchased, how long it's been open, look at your labels carefully. They contain important storage information and the recommended use by dates, but it does matter if you've opened something or not. So keep that in mind. Um, to start with, let's talk about some dry goods, uh, maybe baking products. Baking powder you can keep for 12 to 18 months or the expiration date on the container. And um, 
store it tightly covered in a dry place. Make sure that you don't use wet utensils when you're measuring um, things to get it out. And to test it with freshness, for freshness, you can mix one teaspoon of the baking powder with one third cup of hot water. And if it foams up vigorously, it still has the rising power that you need for it to be effective in a recipe. Baking soda, same thing, 12 to 18 months or the expiration date. Um, keep it covered. Don't leave it open. And um, to test it for freshness, place one and a half teaspoons in a small bowl and add a tablespoon of vinegar. And if it fizzes, then it'll still help to leaven a food if it doesn't fizz. Use it as a odor catcher in a refrigerator. Um, so that's how you can test it. And these tips are um, from the Nebraska Extension. I want to remember to say thank you to them for having their information on their website and um, the Nebraska Lincoln University of Nebraska Extension Service. Um, okay, shortening three to eight months once it's been opened, eight to 12 months if it's not opened yet. So you want to keep keep it covered. You want to um, make sure that you're not using something that's already gone rancid or been in there too long. We used to keep ours forever. And I know a lot of people probably don't even necessarily use shortening as much because it has so much trans fat in it. But um, store it in a closed container in a dark place. And um, make sure that you smell it before you use it in a recipe to see if it's gone rancid. Because it can get rancid if it's um, used past the expiration date. Or past that three to eight months if you've opened it. For canned foods, um, you really should eat them within one to two years of processing. Um, they have quality use-by dates on them, usually. And you should be able to get cans that, you know, are recent and not used, not expired or whatever. But um, you can call a company's toll-free number if it just has like a, a, a code on it. It doesn't necessarily have a date on it. It just has some sort of code. You can call the company and ask them like what's the expiration date or when it was processed. So remember one to two years after it's processed. And um, don't refrigerate your opened canned foods in their cans. So you want to transfer that to a storage container. And I've seen some products that are made to like be a lid for a can that's been opened and it's just not recommended to store them in the container once you've opened it. Just take it out of there, put it in like a small glass container or a small plastic container and um, store it in your refrigerator in that way. You can use um, some masking tape on top and cover, like just put a little label on it to say what it is and the date you put it in the fridge. Labeling, I'm going to talk about in a little bit, is a very important part of making sure that you have um, good food. Popcorn, other than um, popcorn for the microwave, is stored in a airtight container. And don't store your popcorn in the refrigerator. It makes it dry out and it does not pop as well. And I know that even the, is the case with microwave popcorn. 
Um, the water inside the popcorn kernel that expands is uh, makes it dehydrated when you put it in the refrigerator. So store it in a clean, dry place in the cabinet, um, and it can last up to two years. Spices and herbs. Um, about one year for herbs or ground spices and two years for the whole spices. So if you buy whole black pepper, um, you can keep that for two years. But everything else, you need to, herbs that are ground already, um, you need to just about a year. You want to watch for the color loss and um, for an open package container, you just want to hold it for about a year. Um, don't store it above your stove, which seems like where everybody's got er, their racks at, but don't store it near your stove or near an area where it's going to experience a lot of hot and then cold activity. Um, use your dry spoon to remove the herbs or spices and don't sprinkle directly into a container into like a steaming hot pot because that's going to have steam evacu evaporating and that's going to get into your herb jar. Um, you can refrigerate paprika, chili powder, and red pepper for the best color retention, um, especially in summer. So if, but if your herbs and spices are stored in the refrigerator, make sure you have them closed well, and, um, you can get that condensation if it's, um, stored in a refrigerator in a humid kitchen. So just be careful. Give your herbs the sniff test. If, to tell if they're any good. Um, depending on the storage and the quality of the herb, some are going to last a little longer than others. But to check if a ground spice is potent, you can smell it. If aroma is immediate, you should still it should still work for your foods. For a whole um, item, such as a clove or a cinnamon stick, break it or scrape it before you smell it. Do not smell pepper or chili powder. They can irritate your nose, make you sneeze. Um, for herbs, crush a small amount in your hand and smell it. If it's still herb, still gives you that scent, then you're fine. If there's no smell or it kind of smells funny, then get rid of it. I know spices are expensive, and um, but really it's not going to do you any good. Um, so when you buy the new one, make sure you smell it to see what it smells like so you know what a fresh herb smells like for that particular herb. Um, white flour is good for about 6 to 12 months. You can store it in a cool, dry place in an airtight container or a freezer bag to preserve the flour's moisture content. Um, for longer storage, you can keep it in the refrigerator in an airtight container. All-purpose and bread flour keep up to two years at 40 degrees Fahrenheit in your refrigerator, according to the Wheat Foods Council. They can be stored indefinitely in the freezer. Obviously, recommend putting them in a freezer bag and then storing them in a freezer um, for you for long term. And if measuring flour from a refrigerated or frozen flour, allow your measured portions to come to room temperature before using it in a baked good. Um, remove the flour for your recipe a few hours before use so it doesn't affect the other ingredients so it's not too cold or whatever. And if you're using whole wheat flour, um, one to three months at room temperature, refrigerate your whole wheat flour if you want to keep it longer. 
So keep it in the refrigerator and it'll be up to 12 months in the freezer. Um, and then if you're, again, measuring it, allow it to come to room temperature before you use it in your recipe. If you want to buy an airtight container for your um, white or whole wheat flour, you need to buy, um, for about a pound of flour, you need to buy something that's about four cups. For five pounds of flour, it has about 20 cups. So if you're buying a container. And then 10 pounds of flour, you want to make sure it has about 40 cups capacity. Um, and so if a container doesn't give you the number of cups it'll hold, then you can look at it. And if it's eight fluid ounces, that's going to be about a cup. A pint is about two cups. A gallon is 16 cups. So if you buy a gallon, it should hold up to a little less than five pounds of flour. Um, before purchasing a container, figure out where you're going to store the flour to determine the restrictions for that and um, if it'll fit on the shelves in your kitchen because that's one of the things that bugs me in my kitchen is we don't have adjustable shelves and it's hard to fit some of the boxes into the cabinets sometimes. And make sure your container is easy to use when you need to measure out the ingredients. Okay, moving on. If you want to use, if you're using honey, it, it's good for about 12 months. Honey has a natural um, ability to, it has its own kind of uh, natural antibacterial properties. It tends to be best at room temperature. It'll crystallize more rapidly in the refrigerator. And um, if you need to revitalize crystallized honey, you can place the jar in warm water and stir the honey until the crystals dissolve. Brown sugar, four to six months for maximum flavor. It's very important to store brown sugar in an airtight container because it does have moisture in it and it will become hard and that's not what you want. Um, either stored in its original plastic bag, tightly closed, or transfer to an airtight container or a heavy moisture-proof plastic bag such as a freezer bag. What I do is I always, once I open it, put it in the freezer bag and then I close the brown sugar bag and I get all the air out of the freezer bag too. To soften it up, if you um, need to, you can place the brown sugar in a microwave safe container and cover it loosely with a clean, white, wet, but not dripping wet paper towel. And you can microwave it on high and check about every third sec 30 seconds. When the sugar cools, it'll become hard again the sugar will be very hot. And um, if you have more time, place the brown sugar in a plastic container and cover with plastic wrapper foil. Place the dampened, not dripping wet paper towel on top of the plastic wrapper foil and then seal tightly and remove the paper towel after the sugar has absorbed the moisture, which is about two days. So you can do either of those to soften brown sugar. White granulated sugar. Um, is about two years and to use the hardened white sugar um, if it absorbs moisture it becomes very hard so you can put a hard sugar in a sturdy food bag and pound it with a hammer meat pounder or a flat side of a meat mallet um, or like your rubber mallet and smash up smaller pieces with the mortar and pestle or break up some in a spice grinder and if you want to buy a sugar storage container one pound of sugar is about two and a fourth cups. Five pounds of sugar is about 11 and a half cups. So if you're going to get five pounds of sugar, you probably need to get a gallon container 
Again, that's about 16 cups. And most of the time, your bigger bag of sugar is 4 pounds. So um, that's going to be somewhere in the range of 8 to 9 cups of sugar. Um, but make sure, again, that you know that it's going to fit where you're going to store it. Vegetable oil um, is 1 to 6 months once you've opened it. And 6 to 12 months if it's not been opened. It does depend on the type of oil. Um, some of them recommend, you know, up to two years. That's fine. Just read your information on the package if it has it. Um, store it in a cool, dark place because fat, you know, oil does become rancid at times. Um, walnut, hazelnut, sesame, and almond oils have a shorter storage life. And oil that's gone rancid develops an undesirable taste or odor so make sure you smell it first and you can prolong the life of oils by storing them in the refrigerator some oils like olive oil become cloudy in the refrigerator but clear up after sitting at room temperature vinegar um, something we use a lot of vinegar two years unopened one year opened um, keep your vinegar tightly covered and because it's acidic, it could be a really long time that you can keep it. It doesn't necessarily just have the one um, year. And then storage depends on the type of vinegar, but you can call the 1-800 number on the package and ask them. Um, if you're looking through overall about how to do better in the future with packaged foods and not have to throw away so much. If there's something that you tossed part of, like if your sugar, if you had it and you, it's really hard and buy a smaller container next time, even though it may be more expensive to only buy two pounds of sugar or a pound of sugar, it's better to not throw half of it away. Um, keep a permanent marker pen in your kitchen and put the date, month, and year that you purchased the food on the container. And you can do that also with like a piece of masking tape on your containers in the fridge. But dating things really helps you to know how long it's been in there. Um, when in doubt about storage times, call the company. There should be a number on the label or you can write to an address on the label or go to a website and put submit on the contact form. Um, you want to look for production code last if there's no use by there's no um, expiration date on there best if used by type thing you want to call that number and tell them the code and they should be able to help you and you want to with your foods you want to do what's called first in first out and that means when you purchase something and it has a longer expiration date then you want to put that behind the foods that you have already opened so that you're not using um, the newer stuff first. And I think about this a lot with milk. For example, in my family, we go through a lot of milk and we usually have two cartons of milk, two gallons of milk at the house at any time. And one of them, when I buy them, I'll usually buy them with the longest date that I can find. But if there's maybe only one with the longer date, then I'll make sure and put the one with the longer date behind the other milk so that the kids use the regular milk container first, the one that's the less time so it's used. Um, read your labels carefully and make sure 
you know, a lot of them will give you recommendations for how to store foods. And so you want to look, um, something that's kind of interesting is like, for example, on syrup, um, my in-laws store it in the refrigerator, but on the label, it does not say you have to store it in the refrigerator. And we go through syrup pretty much quickly in our house. So, um, it's, I like syrup at room temperature. So instead of having to remember to get it out of the refrigerator, we just, um, leave it out, but there's no, uh, it's something that people just get in habits of storing foods a certain way. All right. So, um, now that we've talked about ways to store foods at home and kind of how to long to keep them and you're making this great grocery list. So let's talk about some good snacks that you can make to take along with you and, um, back to that if you make something ahead of time, label it, keep it in a cooler. If it needs to be kept in a cooler, you can buy a little small cooler and take it along with you. Um, but I want to start with talking about sandwiches because I think sandwiches make a really good snack. And then another thing that makes a really good snack is like crackers. You can buy some Triscuits. You can buy the reduced fat. You can buy the low sodium Triscuits. You can have crackers and you can have peanut butter with those. Um, you can do graham crackers and have um, some types of um, celery with peanut butter. Those make really good snacks and they give you a little bit of protein to help you feel full longer. But they're also not overdone with the carbohydrate if you're a diabetic. So um, check out, you need to try to, if you're getting bored with the same old snacks and same old sandwiches, some ways to experiment might be to um, make sure that you're using, if you can still use the whole grains, then use whole grain bread. If you're limited in your phosphorus or potassium, then you need to use white bread. But um, if you can, still use your, your whole grain breads. And look at the food label. If it has, try to find one with a little bit more fiber in it. Um, and look at those labels and look at those ingredients and see how much phosphoric acid or whatever they've put into it or potassium phosphate or whatever. But make sure that you're looking at the food labels so that you know that it has things like um, oatmeal, if it's oatmeal bread or it's uh, it should have oatmeal in the first couple of ingredients. Choose them with the higher fiber content. Even if it's just plain white bread, just try to find one with higher fiber content. That will help you um, control your blood sugars. Try different fillings. So instead of... Um, Making like a chicken salad sandwich always with mayonnaise, although you can buy the lower fat mayonnaise. What you probably want to do is try low fat plain yogurt. And we talked about yesterday or last week having the plain yogurt on there and on your list. And it's a good thing to have along with you. You can also take yogurt along with you as a snack. Makes an excellent snack. Um, Carrots and uh, celery and a little bit of ranch dressing make a good snack as well. But instead of always doing that, do the low-fat plain yogurt. Um, to add some crunch, add a little bit of celery, add a little bit of walnuts, add a little bit of grapes to your um, chicken salad. And um, I love to put uh, a little bit of vinegar and a little bit of oil on my salad, on my sandwich if I'm like at Subway or whatever and I'm getting just meat and cheese and I'll put lettuce, cucumbers and a, 
oil and vinegar. Um, add some herbs or spices. So <laughs> try to try some of those, like dill or cumin, um, to your sandwich, just to see how it tastes. Um, instead of a traditional peanut butter and jelly sandwich, try peanut butter with um, sliced bananas or sliced apples. Um, use your sandwich spreads. Go on and use a little less mayonnaise, margarine, butter, and use the low-fat plain yogurt. Use hummus. Use mustard as a spread and light dressing. Um, add vegetables to like spinach, arugula, zucchini, cucumbers, green peppers, onions. Um, try pineapple, try bananas for snacks. Go lean with the protein. Choose the lean proteins like beef, ham, turkey. Um, make sure you're choosing the lower fat ones and lower sodium. And if you have to choose between sodium and fat, you should certainly choose lower sodium. Um, and then make sure that you're packing them in a insulated tote, ice pack, gel pack, whatever, bottled water. You can take bottles of water and fill them like three quarters of the way full of water, freeze them, and those make nice ice packs as well so you don't always have to pay for ice packs. Um, don't freeze sandwiches with mayonnaise, lettuce, or tomatoes. Um, add them right before hand, so just kind of keep them on the side and make sure you add them when you reach your destination or when you get ready to eat them. Um, you may even just take all the pieces and just add it, mix it together when you get there. Like have your chicken salad already mixed and have your couple of pieces of bread, but keep them separate so it doesn't get soggy. And that makes for a great um, sandwich. So don't forget to take a nice cooler with you um, and make it easy to carry along your items. Um, thank you. I'm, I'm appreciate you listening this week and I appreciate you listening every week and I enjoyed talking to you and I want to hear notes about what you want to hear more about. So send me messages at podcast at renal diet HQ.com. I hope that this podcast is helpful to you and I hope you're learning something. I know I learn something new every week when I talk to you about this stuff and when I get prepared for the um, time that I'm going to spend with you. I learn so much just doing my prep work. So that's it for this week. Um, next week I'm going to talk about ways to lower sodium in your meals by using herbs and spices more often and how to use labels to see what you're eating. So we're going to talk about, like, instead of salt, use this for these types of foods. And I hope that that will help you to have some ideas on what to do. Um, and I will talk to you then. Please don't forget to send me a note. And I appreciate it. And thank you very much. You've been listening to the Renal Diet Headquarters podcast. Head on over to the website at www.renaldiethq.com slash go slash email to sign up for our email list and get exciting updates every week on what is happening. Thanks, and we will talk to you again next week.